welcome to the podcast. Today I've got with me Dr. Ash Johnson. He's now with a company called Jaluco. But the reason that I asked Ash to join us is because he has experience of being an employee and moving, working with that employee-owned company as they're working towards exit. So welcome, Ash. And uh, why don't you start by giving us a bit of a background about yourself and then the company you were with at the time. Thanks, Daryl. Yeah. So as, as you say, um, Ash Johnson, I'm, I'm formerly an Antarctic explorer, which is probably the most interesting thing about me. I worked for nine years with the British Antarctic Survey, five field seasons in Antarctica doing geophysical research. And that's where the doctor thing comes in. I got my PhD doing uh, Antarctic plate tectonics. Wow. But about 21 years ago, I left there and joined a geoscience software company called Geosoft. And worked my way up through the sort of a sales organization to uh, become VP of sales. And then we sold the company in uh, 2018. And that was the employee-owned company that we're going to talk about today. Yep. Um, and then I started my own consultancy, really trying to help earth science companies to grow, to expand, do work on strategy, um, development, non-exec directorship type of stuff as well. So that's where I am today. Hey, that's exciting. And you're really focused on, with your new business, basically sharing all of the knowledge that you learned and, and taking that to other businesses in similar industries. Yeah, absolutely. And trying to help them not to make the same mistakes that I made. Right. Well, there's nice. We're a few. Yeah. Why don't we start exploring those, shall we? <laughs> so um, you, you started your own business in 2018. And the story we, we want to share today is the, I guess, the story leading up into that and the organization you're involved with there. Um, and and that whole journey of becoming employee owned and heading up to an exit. So, where's where's the best starting point? Do you think? Yeah, it's probably um, when when I joined the company. I joined the company Geosoft back in um, nineteen eighty eight, and uh, and they decided to go employee owned pretty much pretty much a year after I joined, um, and that was quite an exciting time. I'd never heard of an employee owned company before. They said, look, we're going to go for this uh, employee share ownership plan, ESOP, and yep. gave us the opportunity to, to purchase shares in the company. Um, and then I got heavily involved in it um, from then on. So, and where was the company based? Yeah, so that was an interesting one. So I was based in the, it was the UK branch of a Canadian company. Right. Um, so they had branches all over the world, but they actually um, set this thing up. It was set up from a Canadian perspective, but but all the global the global offices participated as well. Yeah. So your shares were in the Canadian company. Yes, our shares were all in the Canadian company. So we didn't benefit from the various schemes that are available to UK companies for um, tax efficient purposes. Okay, interesting. So when they so they announced they were moving towards an ESOP. And, you know, judging by what you said earlier, that was foreign language to you at the time. Um, did that, what, what did they do to help you understand and help the employees to understand what, what it was all about and, and what it meant? Well, it, it, the, the, one of the benefits of an ESOP is, is transparency. I mean, you, you get a lot of insight into the company and they, they really started well on that with, um, you know, lots of town hall meetings, lots of information about exactly how this would work, um, exactly the, you know, the structure, um, what you could do with your shares, the details around how they were valued, all those sort of things. There was a lot of communication went on um, to let, let everybody know exactly how it would work and how it would work for them. Great. So everyone knew, you know, if they were buying into the company, they were fully informed on the decisions they were, they were making. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and it was really critical to be able to do that because it's in some ways, it's almost like any other investment decision. You've kind of got to, got to go into it with your eyes open. Yeah. Uh, and it's really important to make sure that your employees um, actually do know what they're getting into. Hmm. And, and when they first made this announcement, you were a fairly new employee yourself. But how did it feel? What was the mood of the organization when this announcement was made? Well, it's kind of like, oh, this is quite cool. They want to give me a bit of an ownership stake in, in the company. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited. I was excited by it. It's, it's like, yeah, you know, um, the initial offering was, was a very generous one. You basically paid a small amount for, um, for a, a, a larger value of shares. Yeah. Um, so there was a, almost like an, an entrance fee, very low entrance fee, and you got, got, got a good value of shares for that. So um, in terms of an investment decision, it was a no-brainer. But really just thinking that they valued the staff so much they were willing to, to um, you know, sort of give and, and, and sell the company to the, to the staff was, was a really very positive feeling. Okay, so really, and was it open to everyone in the business? Yep, absolutely everybody, absolutely everybody. So the, the, in common with many plans, um, you had to be with the company, I think, for, for uh, at the time, a year, uh, and in later later it was just your probationary period of three months, mm-hmm. and then you're offered these initial shares. Um, anybody left the company, they bought the shares back, so there were no, no external shareholders. It was entirely employee-owned and only employee-owned. Okay. And were the shares held um, in the person, individual's name or were they held in some sort of trust? Yeah. So that, because we started this a long time ago, that sort of trust thing, I don't think that was all sort of fully developed, fully aware. So yeah, they were held, they were held individually. Okay. And each individual was under obligation to sell their shares once they left. Yes. Yeah. That was part of the, uh, part of the ESOP agreement was that the, okay. Um, you would you would sell them back, and the company would buy them back at the at what was the then current price. Okay, great. And and did you notice any difference to I guess productivity or the the culture of the organisation um, soon after it was introduced? Well, because I'd only been there for less than a year or less, it was it was um, it was difficult to see whether there was any change. But in fact, the culture of that company was very much a sort of a family culture. Right. Um, because everybody had that ownership stake there was a there was a lot of that sort of what they now refer to as ownership thinking yeah. where you know not, not universally but most people sort of because they had a stake in the company sometimes a very very small ones you know up to up to really quite a large one um but they they had that sort of sense of of belonging to something um and it was more than just sort of having a job you were you were part owners of the of the company and the company made it very easy to to feel that way because of the transparency there was lots of information that came through um to you as shareholders okay and what what are we talking in terms of size magnitude number of people involved in in the company at this stage um so at that stage there was only probably about 40 of us worldwide 40 or 50 and we grew when we exited there were i think 135 ish shareholders okay. so, so not, not, not particularly big no but but growth in relative terms for for you know the, the business itself in relative mm. terms yeah yeah okay. yeah and to your knowledge did you know what what sort of percentage of uptake was there in the offer it's an interesting one because when i talk about this there's a there's an interesting story i tell that from my personal knowledge, there were two people that didn't take up the two people only ever yeah. that didn't take up the the uh, the, the initial offering because it was it was so generous. I mean, you you know, you you, you were you were offered shares at ten percent of their value, 
a limited number of shares at 10% of their value. And those two people that didn't take up the offer, I never really did kind of figure out, but they didn't stay with the company. They left the company within two years. Um, and we had some serious uh, tenure within the company. We had a lot of people who'd been there for, for um, 15 years, 20 years, 25 years plus. Um, and when we did, when we, we used to do um, these various employment employee engagement surveys, um, we would always be off the top of the scale of tenure um, when right. compared to co companies of the same size. So people did stick around for a long time and there was a there was an enormous um, percentage uptake. Like I say, I only knew of two people that, that weren't shareholders ever. Yeah, so it sounds like it, it was a tool to really um, uh, secure the alignment of people to the direction that the organization was heading. And if you didn't yeah. kind of didn't weren't, didn't weren't interested in the shares and therefore weren't aligned to the direction of the business. Yeah, if you didn't sort of get it, that's right. And then you, you, you'd probably end up going, going to work somewhere else. And that's not to say that everybody sort of continues to invest all the time. I mean, some people just, just sat on their initial, their initial share purchase um, and other people decided to put more money in and there was the, the whole sort of range. Um, but it did, yeah, I think it did change that, change that culture to much more one of, we're kind of all in this together and there's an ownership stake. Mm. And from the employee perspective, Ash, what, what, what did you experience as the advantages and, and maybe the disadvantages of being employee-owned? Well, the advantages, again, with that, with that involvement, the, the level of transparency, you've always had access to the company financials. There was, a, um, you know, AGMs and things like that you were, you were involved in. Um, you had access to a board member. Um, and we maybe, we maybe touch on that in a minute. Um, and and it was really again that ownership thinking that that was a, the big advantage there. So everyone was in it together. We discussed we discussed the big big decisions for the company um, together, and you got to see a lot more of the company than you would normally have, have seen. The biggest disadvantage is probably the the, the double jeopardy thing, um, whereby if you if you're putting your investment into the company that you work for, if something goes wrong, then you not only lose your job, you lose your investment as well. But of course, that's sort of counteracted by the fact that because you're, you've got your investment in there, you're going to work your damnedest to make sure that nothing does go wrong and yeah. the company continues to grow. So there's, there was a, there's a, little bit of, a little bit of that in terms of um, people's investment and the double jeopardy was probably the, probably the major downside, uh, probably the only downside, to be honest. Yeah. So it's just a risk, but it wasn't a downside that, that necessarily happened. It was just a risk of downside, yeah. I guess, by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was just a risk there, but of course it was offset by, you yeah. know, you have it in your power to do something about it. Yeah. And offset by you know, what you're calling the ownership mindset, which, uh, and, and the company sharing all of the information. So everyone had a, a good exposure to what was happening in the company and therefore yep. direct influence that they knew that if they worked hard, worked more efficiently, then everyone wins. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Great, love it. So um, what about recruiting staff? How, what sort of impact, you mentioned that you went from, what was it, a small number, I think three times is, is in size in terms of number of employees. Did it make any difference to uh, you know, the recruitment process? Yeah, it was, it was always an interesting one at interview time. Um, everybody was really intrigued by it. It, it. it made it a little bit different to, to the normal companies that people were applying to. Um, so it was a really good topic of conversation and it really did help people to, to understand the type of company we were, the type of community that we're getting into, you know, the type of family organization, the type of uh, culture really. And it, and it really, it really said, 
spoke volumes to the culture of the organization in terms of being inclusive there so it was always it was always um received very positively by by um, interviewees so seen as an additional benefit and and uh, helped attract higher quality staff. I take it you're saying definitely, yeah, definitely. And we used to we used to promote that in all our um, all our job adverts and everything like that. We used to make a big point of it. Okay. And you mentioned earlier um, about access to a board member. I think you were going to expand. Mm. Yeah. So we uh, initially there was um, a, 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 an elected employee shareholder representative on the board. So this was a, a one shareholder, one vote, um, and you yeah. could nominate yourself to be a director, and it was a two-year term, and it's how I got my first experience of, of working on a board. Anybody, any shareholder could nominate themselves, and then it was simply a, a vote amongst all the shareholders. And we had people in senior levels did the job, and we had people in really very junior levels got experience of working on a board. Uh, and this, it's a fantastic experience because, yeah. as, as you know, and I'm sure a bunch of your listeners know, working at the board level is really quite a lot different to working in the trenches or even working at management level. And as you get to experience some very interesting things that you didn't really fully understand about how a business is run and, and sort of those higher scale strategies and, and the relationship between board and management, all sorts of really interesting stuff that you get to experience by being on a board and the chance of being on a board when you're a you know not exactly a spotty teenager but you know when you're in your early 20s and, and aboard of a reasonably well-established company is, is quite exciting and then we actually went one step further and, and, and put another um, employee elected board member in place actually during my tenure as the uh, shareholder representative um, which was based on one share one vote so those members of staff who'd invested more had a little bit more say in in who uh, who represented them on the board and we continued with those two employee elected directors um, which made up a quarter of the board so a board of eight four external and two management to two employee shareholders okay so significant representation mm. yeah 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 and a fantastic um, opportunity for career growth and experience as you touched on Absolutely. And, and anybody that did one of those roles was sort of retained by the board um, because they'd gone through the board confidentiality things and all that sort of stuff. So, for example, I, I was on the board from 2006 to 2008. And then in 2008, the, the chairman asked me to run the board membership committee and they put me on the financial review committee. So I stayed working on those committees for the next 10 years. Um, even though I wasn't a full board member. So again, it gave me a lot more exposure to those things. And it gave the company a pool of people who had sufficient exposure at board level to be able to assist in certain projects. They would sit on the compensation committee or one of the, one of the committees, they could sort of co-opt people who'd been directors onto those committees just to retain that, that level of knowledge. And of course, that level of knowledge was building within the company mm-hmm. as more and more people went through these roles. Yeah, so great succession planning. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. So as the company grew um, and grew significantly in size by the sounds of it, how you must have had some sort of process for valuing the shares. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was, it's a privately held company, not listed um, Canadian company. So denominated Canadian dollars, but um, we had a, we had a formula, literally an Excel formula. Um, which dealt with things like um, uh, turnover and cash flow and, and a few other bits and pieces, which some people fully understood. And most people just sort of accepted that this was at least transparent and clear. And we used the same formula every year, once a year, 
you know, when we got the annual financials in, we plugged the numbers into the formula, it would kick out a share price and, and we'd use that share price all year. So again, it was that sort of transparency of the formula. Quite a conservative valuation method, um, uh, which particularly as it turned out when, when we ended up selling the company, um, but clear, transparent, and all the transactions were, were based on that, on that share price. But the main point being that it, the same formula was used again and, and again, so it was consistent and therefore pretty fair for everyone. They knew exactly what was happening, whether or not they understood the formula. As yeah, and no, I mean, this formula was, you know, lengthy. I mean, I, I got a degree in maths and it took me a while to, uh, to figure well, out exactly what was going on. During science organisation, of course, it's going to be complex and uh, yeah, yeah. all the variables. Absolutely. Yeah. Alrighty. So, um, directors on the board, um, what was the eventual exit strategy for the business? Well, the, the plan was, the, the plan of having, actually putting the ESOP in place was to transfer ownership to, to the members of the company. Um, and and, I, and the, the plan was that certain people would build up a, a larger shareholding and the, and the founder's shareholding would diminish and there'd be a gradual um, sort of transfer of the, of, the, of the power there. But there was always, we, we never discounted um, other exit strategies like, like selling the company. That was always, it was always an option on the table. Uh, and we did go through several um, engagements with companies that kind of would would sniff around and, and, and look to uh, look to buy us. So there was there was these sort of two two options of of uh, succession of exit um, always on the table, and ultimately we went with the uh, with the sale where uh, a company came along that was actually really quite a a good strategic fit, um, and and we went with the sale uh, in the end from that route. Okay. So they ended up coming in, doing some due diligence. They put a value against the company. How did their valuation compare with your valuation of shares? Yeah, fortunately, it was uh, it was quite a lot higher. <laughs> so, and 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 this is interesting because you know with 130 odd shareholders, um, naturally, there's a little bit of complexity to buying to buying the company when you've got 130 odd shareholders to deal with, and you know various things around the the, the ESOP plan. Um, but the fact that the valuation came in and everybody was going to make make money on it, um, it just made that made that quite a lot smoother. Yeah. And and fundamentally, the company was quite a conservative company generally. Um, you know, we we had very little debt. Um, used to grow grow organically was the was the model sort of slow and steady model was the um, was the model there, which is in fairly well in keeping with the ESOP. ESOP plan, but yeah, it's um, the company was worth a lot more than we'd we'd valued it through the share um, the share formula. Okay, so the new owners came in, they acquired the whole company. Yep, they acquired yep. the whole company. Yeah. Okay, and in terms of staff turnover, what happened to staff um, at the at that time? Yeah, I mean, naturally there was a bit of staff turnover um, there. Um, it was, uh, in terms of the merge merger. Um, so there was a few few people moved on. Quite a few quite a few people moved on there. Um, yeah. Alrighty. So you, I guess, cashed in. You 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 decided it was time for you to move on, and that was your point. And now, then that's when you left the organisation soon after, by the sounds of it. Yep. Yep. And that's when I decided that to to take those things I love doing. And yep. the things that really gave me a, gave me a kick working with people, seeing people grow, and saying, "Hey, you know what? Maybe I need to sort of step back and work with companies who are at that stage when I first when I first joined Geosoft and and help them to grow there because that's a that was an exciting time." Yeah. 
So you've shared with us a really nice you know, history of the, of the journey. What, what, uh, is there anything else that you'd like to cover that you think is pretty important for, for listeners to, you know, about your journey, I guess, um, tips and tricks or do's and don'ts uh, that you learned along the way? Well, I think, I, I think the, 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 the number of conversations I've had about being part of, any, of an employee-owned company um, over the years, um, it strikes me that people just don't think about, I mean, this, this feeds into what you do, but it, 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 people don't think about that exit strategy sort of clearly enough. They don't sort of step back and think, okay, well, where are we going? And where are we going? Okay, great. We, we know where we're going, but what's going to happen at the end? Where, where, what is that end game? Yeah. Um, and, and being able to consider ESOP plans um, at the start of that journey, I think would be a great advantage to people, even if it doesn't work for them, even if it's, if it's not right. But being able to say, okay, look, this is one of our options. We, we should really look at this and do it sooner rather than later. Because um, if you're, you know, I'm sure you can, put one in if you're, if you're kind of really at, at the sort of exit end um, you could sort of put one in in a hurry but if you put one in early on you do get a lot of benefits over the life of the company in terms of that involvement and engagement of your of your, all of your staff not just your key staff but the whole the whole of the workforce so I'd say yeah consider this sort of thing early in the game rather than I mean you can do it later but the earlier the better. So what I'm hearing is this is more of a, I guess a, a cultural strategy for the overall benefit of the business rather than just an exit strategy. Yes, yeah, it is it's definitely a culture strategy, but um, but it should come about by thinking about your exit strategy. What is your exit strategy going to be? And then you get that, you get a double benefit of it being a, a, an interesting culture play as well. Yeah. All righty. Well, thanks for that. So I just want one, one, any, any last tips and tricks before we go, before we say thanks and, uh, and uh, move on for today? I, I'd say if you if you if you're actually in a company that that's going to go employee owned, participate. Jump in. Definitely jump in. Participate because it's um it, it's a very positive model and it does make for a better better working working environment. Like you say, the culture culture improves radically, Brilliant. and uh, in many cases there's, there's there's not a radical downside to it. Jump in with your eyes open. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Some great advice from someone who's been there get involved, you play your part, contribute, and uh, everyone's heading in the same direction. If one wins, you all win. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for your time today, Ash. Really appreciate you sharing your knowledge and your experience with us. And uh, all the best uh, with your next venture, Jaluco, and, um, and working with the Earth Sciences businesses to help them grow and uh, uh, get the benefits of your experience. That's great. Thanks for, uh, thanks for inviting me on, Daryl. My pleasure. Cheers. Bye now.